Welcome to the Refuge Recovery Podcast. Refuge Recovery is a worldwide community of people who are using the practices of mindfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity to heal the pain and suffering that addiction has caused in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. This podcast is for all those interested in and all those already practicing refuge recovery to find freedom from addiction of all kinds. To support this podcast and your refuge recovery, please donate using the link in the show notes. So welcome everybody. We'll get started in a minute or two. People are still joining. Um, although I'll make a couple of comments, we will uh, pretty quickly jump into a meditation. And um, just as a reminder, <clears throat> Buddhist meditation can be done in four formal postures sitting meditation, walking meditation, reclining, laying down meditation, or standing. Uh, in the teachings on mindfulness from the Buddha, he says, you know, you can practice this formal training of the mind in present time awareness, whether standing, sitting, walking, or reclining, laying down. Usually, uh, we do sitting meditation in this class and in the refuge recovery meetings, because we're sitting around together in a circle, um, usually. So primarily we do sitting meditation. But tonight the instructions that I'm gonna give, um, absolutely okay to lay down. Uh, part of what I'm going to do is a body-centered meditation. Um, and we're gonna end with a, actually a corpse meditation. So kind of cool to take the corpse pose if you'd like to, and you can be close enough to your computer speaker, phone speaker, so that you can hear the instructions. Fine to lay down. Although um, the only drawback to laying down during meditation is that you might fall asleep, especially on at five o'clock if you're on the West Coast or eight o'clock if you're on the East Coast could uh, lend itself to napping meditation rather than mindfulness. That's also okay. Sometimes you fall asleep, no big deal. And um, my intention for this was to go through all of the guided meditations in the book uh, using the script that we use in the meetings. And as I opened the book to look at, oh, okay, I'm going to do um, the parts of the body. And I think there was even a social media uh, you know, promotion that we we're going to do the uh, body parts. And then I realized actually there is no script for the body parts um, or the four elements or the corpse um, in the back of the book. Um, so we're gonna jump back into the appendix where, where I do give the instructions on the parts, the four elements and the corpse. And I think I'm gonna take you through all three of those um, because they're all kind of short instructions and they're all connected and these all come as part of the first foundation of mindfulness. Often we practice the first foundation as just the breath and body, but the Buddha's instructions was also be mindful of the 32 parts of the body, the body as the four elements, and this body as impermanent, as a uh, subject to, to dying and to decay. So we'll go all the way through that first, and then we will have some discussion together. So find a way to come into stillness, whether you're gonna do a sitting posture or a reclining posture 
take a seat, lay down, and close your eyes. Take a moment to release any unnecessary tension. Soften, release. Establish mindfulness with the breath, present time, non-judgmental awareness of the breath coming and going. Let go of the past, the busyness of your day. Acknowledge the full range of phenomena that are happening in the present moment. Thinking is happening, hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling, and physical and emotional sensations are all present. Allow all the experiences to be as they are. Redirect your attention to the sensations of the breath. Let the other sense experiences fall to the background as you bring awareness of breathing to the foreground. Begin to expand the attention to the whole body. Bring attention to your posture. Feel the pressure of your body on the cushion or chair. 
Feel the contact points of your hands touching your legs or resting in your lap. Direct the attention to sensations in the body of sitting or laying down. With the foundation of present time awareness as established by the continual returning of the attention to the breath and body, you can now allow the attention to expand to include all of the sense doors. Awareness of hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting. Continue to connect the attention with the felt sense of the breath and body. Begin refining the attention to the moment-to-moment -moment flux of sensations. Investigate the constantly changing nature of each experience. With clear comprehension, receive the transient phenomena with non-judgmental awareness. Attempt to sustain awareness of the arising and passing of each sensation. As you continue to direct mindfulness to the present time experience, the next level of practice is to bring attention to the different parts of the body. Start at the top of your head. Bring attention to the crown of your skull, hair, and scalp. Then slowly scan your attention downward visualizing and taking inventory of all the parts of your body, forehead, eyebrows, eyelids, eyes, nose, cheeks, ears, jaw, lips, mouth, teeth, tongue, chin. Feel your face and all its parts. Include the muscles, tendons, arteries, and veins. Visualize your brain resting in the cradle of your skull. Your inner eardrum, how the nose and throat connect. 
taste buds, smell receptors, gelatinous nature of your eyeball. Begin to scan the attention down the neck. Visualize your throat, the passageway leading to the stomach and lungs. Vocal cords, muscles, veins, arteries, vertebrae. This is what holds your head onto your body. Feel it. Scan your attention down into the trunk of your body. Clavicles, shoulders, chest, upper back, skin, bones, joints, muscles, veins, and arteries. Breasts, nipples, ribs, sternum, vertebrae, and organs. Before continuing the investigation of the midsection, bring the attention down the arms, biceps, triceps, elbow, forearm, wrist, and hands. Without moving your hands, feel your fingers, fingernails, and palms. Now return to the trunk of the body. Take inventory, heart, lungs, liver, spleen, stomach, kidneys, gallbladder, intestines, reproductive organs, colon, bladder, fat, feces, and urine. Visualize the trunk of your body as if the skin was removed and you could see all your inner workings. The rib cage protecting the lungs and heart the vertebrae allowing you to be upright, to sit, to stand, and also to bend. Continue to scan down into the buttocks and genitalia, penis and testicles or vagina, the anus, skin, hair, muscles, arteries and veins, the pelvis. Next are the thighs. This is the largest muscle, the largest artery, the largest bone in the body. Visualize your femur and how it connects to the pelvis and the knee.
then bring attention down into the knees, kneecap, back of the knee, connecting to the lower leg, calves, shins, and ankles. Finally, the feet, heels, arch, top of the foot and toes, toenails, bones, joints, skin, hair. Having scanned the attention through the body, we reflect on the impermanence of this body that is subject to sickness and injury, aging and death. We also reflect on all the unpleasant smells and sensations that come with having a body. This is what we are identified with, what we are often lusting after, a body that is filled with blood feces, and urine. Be mindful of the true nature of the body. As we direct mindfulness to the body, we begin to understand that all that is being experienced here in the body are the four elements. With each breath, we experience the air element. Warmth or coolness in the body directs us to the experience of the fire element. Saliva in the mouth, blinking of the eyes, and beating of the heart are the water element and the contact with the chair, cushion, or footstep draws our attention to the earth element. This body, when investigated, shows us that the skeleton is earth. The skeleton is surrounded by water-based muscles and organs. The muscles and organs are warm. We have a natural fire inside. And the body is porous, breathing, organism. Not only is air entering and exiting through the nose and mouth, the skin itself is constantly breathing. Sit in meditation and observe closely all aspects of this body. Name what element you are being mindful of in each moment. See if you can find any part of the body that is not of the four elements. Perhaps you will speculate about the experience of thought or emotion being non-material. And although from one perspective, this is true, it is through the four elements that we have a brain and a heart to give rise to thoughts and emotions. So technically they are part of the four elements too. This is what it is like when all four elements come together 
in the form of a living human body. The body experiences emotions, the mind experiences thoughts, and they both experience pleasure and pain. Continue to feel your breath as it comes and goes. And notice the heaviness of the physical body. The pressure against the cushion or floor. Feel the effects of gravity on your body. Begin to imagine or visualize this body as a corpse. See your body as motionless and inanimate. And acknowledge that this is the inevitable destiny of the body. And breathe in and out of that place of acceptance of death. Now begin to see your body as dead for several days, bloated and beginning to rot. Imagine your body as lifeless and in an advanced stage of decomposition. Allow your imagination to be as graphic as you'd like, worms eating your flesh, maggots, and so on. 
always returning to the acceptance of death, the inevitable nature of impermanence, this physical body arises and passes, decays. Now move on to seeing your body as a skeleton, all of the flesh and blood gone, bones and ligaments alone remaining. Even the bones are beginning to crumble, eventually falling apart and scattering until finally only dust remains. This meditation is meant to bring appreciation and preciousness to life. By acknowledging death and decay, we remember the importance of each moment of life. Allow the reflection to end and return to mindfulness of the breath and body in the present moment. And as we end, just reviewing these three levels of practice, being mindful of this body as components of parts of skin and bone, flesh and blood, organs, being mindful of this body as the four elements and being mindful that this body like everything is impermanent and when you're ready you can allow your eyes to open Bring awareness back to seeing and moving and engaging with the Sangha uh, here on Zoom. So come back from death. You've been reborn, reanimated, reincarnated, and uh, We have some time to connect and discuss these um, three other levels of mindfulness that 
are often skipped. I'm often guilty of skipping it. Often we think of the first foundation of mindfulness as breath awareness, awareness of the body breathing. But in the traditional teachings from the Buddha, he said, yep, start by mindfulness of the breath, sitting, breathing, and now expand to your whole being and investigate this body. As you know, mindfulness is present time, non-judgmental, investigative awareness. What's happening? Turning towards what is this body? It's all of these parts. It's the four elements. It's subject to sickness, aging, and death. All in the service of appreciating life, existence, and breaking some of the ways that we create suffering for ourselves. So I want to open to discussion. How was that? Also, if you want to report how that meditation was for you, or what questions does it bring up? Does it seem useful? Um, how does it connect to your process of recovery? How have you used these meditations? If you have. If you have a comment or a question, please raise your hand uh, using the chat uh, option where it raises the little blue hand and I will call on you. Nora, please. Hi. Um, I actually find the hand raising in uh, per the participants list, but um, oh, okay. I mean, I always I, I I forget every time I do this. Um, so I love that meditation. Um, I've never uh, done one like that before, and I'm very happy to learn that there are some lying down meditations. Uh, I was telling a friend that I was starting to do this and um, uh, the sitting uh, is very intense and I have the posture of a long time white collar worker and I try to avoid sitting at all costs because I have to sit all day for work. Um, I've noticed everybody sits very straight. <laughs> I'm, I'm hunched over right now. Um, so, so that was, that was, you know, that was a, that was a bonus for me. And I liked the, um, I liked the pretend death. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll say something else later, but I, I, I loved it. Thank you, Nora. I'd like to, um, make a couple comments if I may, uh, about the difference between sitting. I'm glad you enjoyed that and this, this level of practice. Um, but the difference between sitting and laying down. Totally, as I said in the beginning, and you heard it, which is that it's part of the Buddha's teaching that you can totally lay down. He, 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 there was no sort of, you always have to be doing sitting. He said laying down is a fine posture for meditation. Um, problem is we might fall asleep if we're laying down too much. I want to talk about a couple of benefits to continuing the sitting practice that I find. Um, and part of it connected to what you were saying around if you sit all day at work, 
It's also one of the reasons why I think sometimes it's good to sit in a chair rather than on a meditation cushion. Because part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring mindfulness to everything that we do, especially when we're at work. And work becomes a meditation practice, a mindfulness opportunity. So um, if you start to train your mind that you're only mindful when you're laying down, then it's gonna be harder to bring that mindfulness to work. So if you train your mind in sitting meditation in a chair, you're in that posture, you have that sort of muscle memory of like, oh, I'm sitting in a chair just like when I'm meditating and I can bring this same type of present time, non-judgmental investigative awareness to here at the office. Um, so that, and the other thing, one of the reasons many of us don't like sitting meditation um, is because it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's because it, it's uncomfortable. Now, I'll say this over and over and over. We have to learn how to be uncomfortable. We, as addicts, recovering addicts, alcoholics, whatever we want to call ourselves, uh, we have to learn to be uncomfortable because life is uncomfortable. There's too much unavoidable pain in the realities that we all live in that if we don't develop a higher tolerance and ultimately compassion, mercy, and friendliness towards our own pain, including physical as well as emotional and mental, then uh, it's gonna be hard if not impossible to stay sober or stay in recovery. So the sitting meditation and all of the discomforts that come with sitting meditation are training us to be tolerant, be kind. And in the long run, we will develop compassion through our sitting there with the pain in our back and our sore shoulders and our achy ass. <laughs> so sitting meditation, very important. Also okay to do laying down sometimes. So you can still practice in that way. Thank you, Nora. I'm glad that you're here with us. Vanessa, please. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Because when I say hello, then you say hello back. Um, <laughs> so I love that meditation because it's really easy to like, you know, just be focused on in the body. And it, it's interesting to like, I had this like image of the game of Simon. Do you remember that game? Like you tap, like it, it's the colored thing. From oh the yeah, game. yeah, yeah, sure. The different colored and the sounds, yeah. That's kind of like how my attention was moving today. You'd be like, go to your hands, go to your this, go to that. And I was like, beep, boop, 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 boop. So that was a really weird sensation that I had for the first time. And I love that the genitals are included. Because I've done these body scans so many times with other people and they're like okay now your abdomen and then go to your legs and you're like well what about all that stuff like right there and it's just this like kind of like i don't know puritanical holdover type thing so i um i work in an industry where i'm dealing with blood and guts i'm in i work in the health industry and so um it's always strange to me like our society and what what happens in the outside of the world and what happens in people's homes. And, um, and so I just really like that you kind of talk about like the blood and guts and the, 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 well, I find it all beautiful, but the, what everybody else seems not so pretty, you know, and then um, the rotting and decaying body 
I mean, so much in our society, we don't talk about this. And it's the one death and taxes, you know? So um, yeah, I love it. I love that whole meditation. And thanks for being like, thanks for always keeping it real. Thanks. Welcome, Vanessa. Nice to see you. Nice seeing you. Simon. Beep, boop, boop. I was thinking more operation where there's like the little, don't touch the sides or you'll zzz. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, please. Thank you, Noah, for the meditation. I really enjoyed the meditation this evening. I especially got into the, the fake death thing. I, I spend, quite often I spend time, because of my physical pain, emotional pain, I spend a lot of time just wishing that it would end, that, 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 that the universe would just take my life, you know. And I needed, I needed to be reminded of the fact that my life is a gift. And thank you for reminding me of that. I forget that quite often that my life is a gift, that the universe has given me the gift of my life. And that meditation reminded me of that. I want to say thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I encourage you to utilize these practices. I know we talked last week or a couple of weeks ago about some chronic pain that you mm. deal with, you mm. live with. Um, and this practice of going through, cause sometimes it's just like, everything hurts. Everything sucks. Everything, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I hurt everywhere. Yeah. And part of, part of this practice can be like, well, do my fingernails really hurt? Do my, you know, what's it feel like behind my knees? What, and as you visualize the different parts and you can kind of localize, oh no, there's pain here and there's pain here, but there's not pain over here in my you know, between my fingers or, you know, find those other places in the body because our attention is just so drawn to what's threatening it, right? What, what, the, what the pain is. Part of this can help expand and bring awareness to there's lots of places where there's not pain. I struggle with, with connecting to my body. I'm very, very much in my head. And that, that is a struggle for me, connecting to my body. I believe it will help. I know that the it's even harder to most people would you know admit that we're not all that embodied and that we're in our heads. That's sort of the human condition for a yeah. lot of people. Um, but even more challenging when uh, your body's uncomfortable. Um, but just continue to invite your awareness back into your body, back into your body. I want to say one last thing. I'm very much of a fan of the Hawaiian uh, spirituality and many years ago I learned the true meaning of the of, of the term aloha and it, it comes from three Hawaiian words a lo and ha and it has to do with being able to perceive the God force in someone's earthly form and I want to say aloha thank you aloha to you um Thanks, Daniel. Any other questions or comments? No pressure. I'm ready to go surfing. It's beautiful in Los Angeles. So okay. speaking of Maybe aloha, I'm ready to paddle out. Okay, go ahead. Who's speaking? Oh. Liz, go ahead. Hi. Um, hi. Uh, I've never been to a refuge before. Um, this is my first time. I um, just wanted to say that I really enjoyed the meditation. Um, 
I really appreciated the comparison of parts of the body to the elements. I thought that was wonderful. Um, and this is great. Thank you. You're welcome. Come back, come to some meetings. This is not a real refuge recovery meeting. This is just me kind of sharing the meditations and reflecting with you on them. Real uh, heart of refuge recovery is going to the meetings and connecting with each other and developing the community of support that we give each other as recovering addicts. And these meditations are part of our guidance, part of our solution, part of our practice. Um, but of course, recovery is so much about connection and community and supporting each other and doing the inventories and doing the meditation and, and living uh, in the solutions. But thank you, Liz. Welcome to Refuge. Uh, is it Tara or Tara? Um, I actually love hearing it both ways. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I just wanted to say also, I, I appreciate how visceral the meditation was. Um, I think a lot of us, but I know me in particular, we like to measure our worth by how much we accomplish and how much we can do. And this year has really shaken that for everyone, but it's, it's really, really shaken it in a way for me that it, it led me to a new place uh, of surrender. Um, Ram Dass talks a lot about, you know, that, that ultimate moment of surrender um, where you can actually just be and just be with yourself. And it was, it, it kind of came in the form of wanting to die. And I had never experienced that before. I'd always, you know, been close to people who had had um, issues with, with suicide, but I'd, I've never actually experienced it. And for a couple solid days, I just didn't want to exist. And the freedom that came from that, that came from being okay with it and, and learn, and it becomes a practice, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic. Okay. I could be okay with that. You know, you get a pain in your knee. Okay. I can be okay with that. Okay. Well, you're going to die and you're going to be that image of, of rot and, uh, and learning to be okay with that. And I think it's, it's, it's just incredibly freeing. And so I'm, I'm really glad that that's, that that was part of tonight. So thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Tara. Yeah, this, you know, holds a very, central place in, um, in the teachings of the Buddha to um, become intimate and aware and friendly towards the reality that everything's impermanent, including us, and especially these physical bodies. So, um, you know, there's this corpse meditation where we visualize the corpse and there's a refrain where we say, I'm not exempt from that. There's also a practice that I didn't include in refuge recovery, um, but maybe I should have, which I, I very much like. That's a traditional Buddhist practice called um, the five daily Buddhist reflections, where we say to ourselves every day, um, uh, I am the, of the nature to uh, age. I'm not exempt from aging. I am of the nature to get sick or injured, uh, disease, injury. I'm not exempt from disease. I'm of the nature uh, to die. I'm not exempt from death. That, that's just part of what's happening here. And uh, everything that I cling to, I will be separated from. And, you know, and uh, I can't keep any of it. And anything that we're attached to, we'll, we will lose. And lastly, 
the last of the five reflections is my actions, my karma is my only true possession in this lifetime. The only thing that I actually own is how I behave. Everything else is rented, is borrowed, is, is impermanent, but I really own my actions. And, you know, this is the cause and effect and the, the teachings of karma. And the good news is about that is that uh, we own our actions and we can change the whole direction of our life by getting sober, by doing the work, by making the amends, by creating positive karmic momentum, we can recover through our own actions in this lifetime. And that's what we will possess. Jordan. Thank you, Noah. Um, yeah, I think the, um, the one thing that I thought of um, during the uh, death part of the meditation was kind of how you come in to this world with nothing and how freeing that was and how um, even though I didn't have anything when I was very young, that was, uh, I could still be happy. And I don't know how many of you can see how much junk I have accumulated throughout my <laughs> life, but um, you know, I have a, a kind of a needle of the eye hole coming up in my life where uh, I could end up incarcerated and a lot of this stuff may vanish. And part of me is of course worried about that. Uh, but the other part of me is like, that might free me up a lot. Maybe I'll get the chance to rebuild this uh, in a way that might be better than it was before. Um, I think um, um, I just wanted to say a little bit something to what uh, Tara was saying. Um, I believe she said that um, she felt freeing with death. Well, I had a, a suicide attempt a while ago and it did kind of the opposite for me. I feel every breath is precious now and it actually set me up to succeed more in my recovery. I didn't immediately quit substance use at that time, but um, I'm now able to kind of deal with that with a, you know, a bit more, um, oh gosh, I don't know, I'm out of words, but <laughs> um, yeah, li life is very precious and to, to, to imagine that death really does bring it into perspective. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. the point. That's the, definitely the point of, of the meditation. I know it's freaked some people out, but of course, it's about uh, waking up to preciousness. We're here and we have this opportunity to heal and to recover and to wake up and to help each other and to create a positive change on this planet. And let's not uh, waste it being loaded. Let's get sober and do some good work. Brian. And then John, I'll take, uh, oh, no, we have, we have a few more minutes. Brian first. Hey Noah, how are you? Thank you very much for the meditation. Um, I really enjoyed it. This is uh, the second, actually I did two meetings, this one on Monday and one yesterday, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to ask you how I would go about finding a mentor and um, somebody that can guide me through all the, uh, the eight, the principles and things like that. Yeah. Um, welcome, Brian. I'm glad that you're connecting and enjoying it, and, and welcome to Refuge Recovery. Thank you. And, I'm actually um, in a recovery center right now myself, so I'm at 37 days sober. Uh, I'm going to be here for 90, so I have a, a good guys with me, and I'm learning a lot from uh, from all of them. Great. Great, great. And um, what part of the country are you in? 
I'm in California. In California, okay, yeah. Lake I mean, right, right now, as as we all as we're doing right here, almost everything is just on in Zoom, especially in California. There are parts of the country where in-person meetings are starting up again, or outdoor, you know, kind of park meetings and stuff. But the you know the core answer is you know we find our mentors and we build our sangha fellowship, our community by attending meetings. Um, and my own uh, sense would be, don't be in a huge hurry. And I know it like maybe in the recovery house, it's a, it's an assignment, like get a sponsor, get a mentor, you know, like, and of course that's, that, that is important. Um, we put a bit of an emphasis in, in refuge on attend, start your meditation practice, get your support from the meetings, go to meetings every day, learn it a little bit, and then listen, listen to see who's not full of shit. <laughs> And you can't tell you, right? Like, listen to see who's who's doing it, who's living it, who's who's showing up um, regularly to those meetings. And then when you see some people that are doing it, then you start to you ask, you know, so here it's like you ask in the um, chat and, you know, at, at the meetings, you say, hey, I'm pretty new and I could use some some support, some guidance. But my own feeling is like, listen for the people that you feel like, oh, they, that person sounds like they're doing it. And maybe they could yeah. teach me a thing or two about it. Okay. Thank you very much. Welcome. Oh, yeah, man. John. Hello. Thank you. Um, I just wanted, I wanted to tell one of my favorite stories. Um, and, and, and it comes about when, when we start talking about um, impermanence and, and dealing with the, the thought of our, our bodies decaying and such. But when I was younger, um, when I first started exploring, I, I found a, a Shin temple um, that actually had a very uh, unique twist with it because it, it was also Zen. And the, uh, the sensei there was like a 14th generation Shin uh, priest. And he has this wonderful sense of humor, but he always got his stories apart er, across. And the story that I love so much is he said that one of his senior students just happened to be in that mindset of work is bad, life is bad, I ache, I, this is bad, everything, you know, it was just wrong. And Sensei said, I just laughed at him and said, it's okay, you'll be dead soon. Which I think makes this huge concept that <laughs> that's the alternative. So, you know, look at, you know, the more optimistic, and take it with a with with you know take life and enjoy because it is it is fleeting and we won't be here forever so that's just that's my story thanks john cool story um i think that's enough for tonight uh the kids are back to school we've been on Zoom all day, and I'm going to go take them surfing for PE, even though it's six o'clock at night. And um, great to be here. Good to see everybody. I'll be back next week. Next week, we'll get into the second foundation of mindfulness, the feeling tone, and the importance of not only turning towards what's happening in the body, in the present, but how does it feel? Is it pleasant or unpleasant or neutral? And this is... Uh, incredibly important if you want to be happy. You got to learn how to tolerate the unpleasant and meet the pleasant with non-attached appreciation. Um, 
So I want to be happy. So I'm going to keep doing that. And I want you to be happy. So I hope you keep doing that. And I'll see you guys next week at uh, five o'clock Pacific time. Um, this is done by donation. I am doing this uh, as a service opportunity for myself for Refuge Recovery World Services. Your, um, you can choose to donate to support the, the nonprofit organization that supports the Refuge Recovery Program, Refuge Recovery World Services. And uh, I do this, as I said, as service and as a you know, little bit of a fundraiser. So any donations that you give will support the nonprofit. So the link to that is in the bio, I believe. And I don't think I have any announcements. If there are, uh, you know, there's that question about mentoring and Joseph and Rachel and Russ and I've been discussing uh, how to support, you know, this need for mentors. And, um, you know, if you have more questions about that, you could reach out to Joseph. Uh, he's the director of Refuge and he, um, there's a pamphlet on mentorship that we're editing and it's going to come out, uh, editing the old one and encouraging meetings to um, get a mentor, uh, I forget what, what we're calling them, but like a coordinator to help people find mentors in, in, in the program. So reach out to Joseph if you have questions. And welcome to everybody that was new. Hope to see you guys next time. We'll close it down there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Refuge Recovery Podcast. To learn more about our program of recovery and to connect with others on the Refuge Recovery Path, visit our website, refugerecovery.org, where you will find information, meditations, and links to both in-person and online Refuge Recovery meetings. This podcast is brought to you by Refuge Recovery World Services, a nonprofit created to support our network of refuge recovery groups around the world. Thank you for listening.